And all the brothers and sisters said, Amen. I, mean, I love that you think we're going to punch him in the mouth. Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> and I ain't butt chugging anything. We got to some content here. In the Venn diagram of fucked up, I'm not sure where that fits, but I'm pretty sure I hit the nail right on the head there. Works well under close Nick Saban adult supervision. Randy I mean, Sanders has the team dialed in. <laughs> they are ready to go. <laughs> How many bananas do you want out of me? I don't know. I kind of want to give Vanderbilt some love here. I, 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 lo I love those head games at the two. The you got to weigh it's, all it's, your it's options. So much fun. Nobody I wants to go Lane Kiffin here? I might go Lane Kiffin here. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is another week of Liquor and Leagues. Week five is behind us. Week six is fast approaching. Unfortunately, 50% uh, of our contingent is not here, both Mac and Haas not with us. May you rest in peace. We're sorry, but uh, you know what? Grinch and I, we're just going to power on because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, we ain't afraid. How you doing, brother? I'm glad, yeah. to, have, glad to have you here. Well, I'm good. I'm yeah. good, man. Weather is nice. It's good. Is it cool? Getting in. Getting, uh, it's warmed up a bit, but uh, we had, it's still really good weather. So, yeah. Oh. Uh, I love when the commentators here are like, oh, it's going to get down to a wonderful 70 degrees at night. Yeah. When the sun's down. Somebody's not great, uh, you know. Maybe in the middle of the day, but at night, I it should be colder. But fuck, we'll get there for the three days in January when it gets cold here in Florida. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it. Obviously, we're we're on a sh I won't say a short week, but we're on a short slate of games. Obviously, we only had seven games last week, and then we're only going to have six this week. But uh, yeah, now it's kind of let's eat our own. It's SEC on SEC matchups. It's rare that we're going to see an out of conference game at this point. A lot of teams are taking a bye week, but most of them are just playing each other. And uh, so we'll see how we fare. So let's go ahead and jump into last week. I clearly can't spell Gochia. <laughs> let's try that again all right so let's go ahead and jump into the seven games from last week uh first we've got georgia auburn the old is this the oldest rivalry in college football some shit like 100 years old uh i think they call it the south oldest rivalry uh, or something like that i don't know that it's technically the longest rivalry. it's close it's in like top two three i think gotcha uh, again i i kind of i don't in terms of this rivalry, I didn't even know it was a rivalry till a few years ago. You mentioned it on this show, and I was like, I didn't realize Georgia and Auburn that was a thing. Um, Yale but, Princeton is the oldest. Oh, Yale it Princeton. It dates back to 1873. Yeah, football dominant in both schools. Of course. Uh, all right. Yale, Princeton, kudos to you for being smart people. Stick to being smart people. It's what you're good at. Okay. And actually, if you really get into like the Ivy League and all that, they, they're they they're all way they, older. They, they, yeah. There's like 19. Gotcha. The 19 oldest. So, yeah. So you're 20th. You're 20. The South's oldest. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're 20th. So Georgia, Auburn. Obviously, uh, I, I'll be honest. I didn't watch the whole game. I started watching some of it and... Auburn was sticking in there, man. I know Georgia wins 27-20, but I was like, holy shit, you know, Georgia's getting, you know, they're not just walking over them. I'm, obviously, Auburn has been in kind of the struggle bus for quite some time. They've been up, they've been down. They had Bo Nix, who was inconsistent as fuck, and now he's gone, and I don't even know where Auburn is. I don't even know how to qualify Auburn at this point, but they played you guys really close, but you did pull out the win. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a, you know, it was the almost the standard Auburn magic playbook of weird shit happens at Jordan Hare. Um, 
you know, the turnovers, just how, when they came, um, definitely made that game interesting. Um, and by interesting meaning, uh, I was definitely getting frustrated at times. A nail biter for you. <laughs> which I, I, you know, honestly, I think was part of the design of how they approached the game. Um, but you know, when you, when you have some key turnovers in moments like that, uh, I think it, it, it allowed Auburn to, to like successfully employ their scheme, which was very run oriented. Right. Cause if you look at their, between the two quarterbacks, you know, 88 total yards of passing. So that hasn't changed. You know, they are who we thought they were, you know, in some degree. Um, but they found some wrinkles. And I know all week, uh, you know, listening to players and coaches, they kind of talked about how they were, you know, Auburn was clever with some of the things they ran um, and and gave them some looks and, and shifts that they didn't, you know, had not seen before. And so, yeah, I mean, kept it tighter, you know, at the end. Um, it became the Brock Bauer show. And uh, and he showed why he's one of the best players in the country. Uh, he gets injured, you guys could be in trouble. Yeah. I only mean, because certainly... he is consistent. He's a guy you can always rely on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, he had one catch that got called back. But if you didn't see it, he had back-to-back one-handed catches that were incredible. <laughs> uh just I mean he just literally like flung his hand out and was like eh, you know and you're like did he just catch that ball one handed you know and, and he made it look easy that's what's crazy yeah but, and and, it, and he came up big when it was time to come up big right i mean like you're because you're playing real close the whole game and then he made the catches that a team like that needs to make at the right time yeah and then unlike the 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 Georgia South Carolina game you know uh the, the field goals were made uh, twice, as I recall, uh, by Woodring. He was two for two, which was clutch. Uh, he missed tw- twice last game. Um, and then uh, there's the – yeah, uh, you know, in terms of the, the tight ends for Georgia, you know, you, you wanted to see better out of Delp because Delp had what could have been probably a quick touchdown going into the second half when uh, Carson Beck hit him on that pass, he stepped in turn and then the ball just got punched out from behind him. Right. So, you know, I mean, Delp had, uh, let's see, uh, one reception for seven yards. So would have liked to have seen him get more involved, but it was also good to see Lad McConkey back, which we had not had previously. Uh, the, the running back stable is still not, you know, fully healthy. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think they they gave Georgia a lot, and you know Georgia probably wouldn't wasn't crazy about how it's how the game ultimately came out as far as their performance, but you know you never apologize for that. No, and well, and again, surprising you guys let them put um, you know two hundred almost two hundred twenty yards of rushing on you. Yeah, that hasn't happened since they lost to LSU when Burrow was there. And and you're talking, you know, four years ago in a season LSU that they obviously just played lights out. So, yeah, one guys, of the best offenses we've ever witnessed in our right our time. So that that was a surprise, um, but ultimately a close game. Yardage wise, you guys had hundred and some odd more yards 
of offense, but you lo- you won the turnover battle. Surprisingly enough, they always say, you know, you lose the turnover battle, you lose the game. I'm sorry. You lost the turnover battle lost, and yeah, you won I, I the game. You to correct that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> and won the game, but everything else down the line was very similar in terms of time of possession was like 30 seconds difference. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it was the stats were all very close, save the yardage and the fact that you guys have a touchdown, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's what you say It's what we talk about. You play the schedule in front of you and teams that make adjustments and find a way to win are the teams that will excel in this league. And Georgia just continues to do it. So no, next well, week and, now, you, you know, and, and just uh, on that point, I mean, you know, back at like SEC media days, and everybody's like, Georgia's schedule so easy. He was like, come play it. It's so easy. Come play it. You know, um, he actually this week kind of raised some eyebrows when he said every team in the SEC should be ranked. <clears throat> you know, I, I realize there's probably a bit of hyperbole to that. Um, you know, but his point was like in conference, your opponent's going to show up. And that one time you're not ready is when you're going to get taken down. Like you can't just be asleep at the wheel. Right. Uh, out of curiosity, and we'll get to this. But I want to ask you this question because you're going to face this team next week at four and or five and zero. Now they are five and zero. Why isn't Kentucky or why weren't they ranked previously? In your opinion, because they yeah, were not. I, I mean, I think we in our text we you know we talked about who they had played, and I think it's just a factor of where they started in preseason, right? Um, and they didn't I've play heard, really anybody. Yeah, because I I, can't, I forget who else somebody was talking about of like you know well why isn't like an oklahoma higher and a bit of the comment was like well because of what oklahoma did last year nobody believes them just yet you know and so i think voters you know i realize the fan base won't be excited about this but they err on the side of like I'm going to give those that have won the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to continue to question those that haven't proven themselves, even though we say every season is different. Right. Despite them saying that over and over again, it simply isn't true. You know, and on that note, it's like, well, should Georgia be one? I'm not here to argue they should be. And frankly, I don't care. If if somebody wants to put an FSU or a Michigan, Ohio State, whatever, in the number one slot, and I know this was probably – I think this was the first week that – there were more first place votes that slid away from Georgia. I, I don't take issue with that. You know, at the end of the day, if you play out the games you win, you'll be where you need to be. The number of votes you have right now is is interesting, but not compelling. It's like I joke about fantasy football. I can lose all season. I only need to win the right games at the right time at the end. That's and right. It, pay, it paid off last season. And so Georgia, look, as long as, like you said, as long as you're winning, you win the right games and you continue to do so, you'll be where you need to be. And they have been the last two years. I don't see, at least not yet, I don't see how this year is going to be any different. But you have to play every game. So you never know. Yep. Next week will be an interesting test for you guys. Because, oh, no, they come to you. So you at least have yes. that benefit. They get to come to you. Um, all right, let's so move on. So Missouri, by the way. <clears throat> well, and again, I, I don't need to. I don't even know what's going on with Missouri because they're undefeated. Well, surprisingly, it, 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 Missouri was the South Carolina of last season where Georgia had to come back in the fourth and win. Right. And there's been, I mean, as you might imagine, there's been a ton of people comparing previous seasons and teams. 
And if you really dug into last season, I mean, you probably remember we were having some conversations about, well, man, didn't look great against a, like a Sanford or, a, you know, like a Furman or something like that. Like they should be blowing their doors off and they weren't. Right. But yet they just kept getting better. So. And that's all I mean, you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And and you've said it, as long as you can make the adjustments, if you're struggling, you make the adjustments. And a lot of teams don't. They just don't have, they're not built that way. Uh, Georgia, thankfully for you guys, they are. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, Alabama, Texas A&M. Um, I'm sorry, that's next week. Holy fuck. Yeah, I was like, wow. Uh, I'm, I'm just jumping ahead. I saw Alabama. <laughs> Alabama, Mississippi State, 40 to 17. I mean, Mississippi State's been missing a beat since, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah uh, Mike Leach. Leach, yeah. And and they've just, they've not been the team they were. And how long does it take them to turn it around? I don't know. But obviously Alabama came in and, you know, they, they put up 14, or, uh, 40 on 17 and they beat Mississippi State. And that's all they need to do. And that's going away to Mississippi State. So, you know, Alabama... I don't know if Alabama is legit. I know we've talked about Milrow. Is he the guy at quarterback? Is Saban, you know, has he lost a step as a coach? Only time will tell. So they won this game. That's all that matters. Other than that, I don't know what else you say about it. But uh, I I mean, other than we know their defense is good. It is. Um, I mean, they only threw the ball 12 times. But they won. That's all they needed. <laughs> yeah. so, is yeah. that a lack of is that a lack of trust in Milrow though? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, at I some point, I don't think he's a strong passer. Yet. Yeah. At some point, you either have to develop him, or you're going to have to change him, because mm-hmm. you will not be able to get through every game this season only throwing twelve passes. There are games you're that's just not going to be an option. Well, and let's and let's be honest too. We already know they proved in the first three games there is no back. Not a good one. Mm -mm. This is the best they got. So you better develop him. Yep. All right. Uh, Alabama has a good defense. By and large, Georgia has a great defense, save the fact that they had 220 yards rushed on them. However, these two teams decided they were going to show up and fucking not play defense. And that's LSU (laughs) Ole Miss. Uh, 1,300-plus yards of offense. And the score ends up 55-49. Ole Miss takes the win. Fuck you, Lane. Um, you, you know, I fucking Lane. I, I don't know what to say about <clears throat> you because in your text, oh LSU's they're going to win this. They got this, and then they uh, shit the bed. Clearly, didn't pull it out. But uh, I, yeah, yeah, because no. I mean, so it was thirty-one twenty-eight at half, and then LSU put up third or fourteen in the third. I, I and it may match in timeline. I think when I texted that, because I yeah. really thought they were starting to turn it up. <laughs> and Ole Miss just like, I see you're 14 and I raise you 21 in right. the fourth. <laughs> and and that's what they kept doing. Now, I will tell you, Ole Miss did not play a clean game. 11 penalties for 121 yards. I mean, come on, Lane. What are you doing over there in fucking Ole Miss? You just teaching these guys to make mistakes? Get it together, bro. You played at home. So, Obviously, crowd noise shouldn't have been an issue for you. And, I'm, you know, they don't give us a breakdown of what the penalties were, but 120 fucking yards in penalties. I mean, but they put up mm-hmm. 700 in offense, 600, almost 640 to LSU. Um, 
I mean, fuck. They ran for 317 yards against LSU's defense. So I, it, this is just one of those, what is the Big 12 that never plays defense? I mean, both these teams decided, you know what? We're just not playing defense today, and let's see what we can run the score up to. And obviously Ole Miss comes away with the win, unfortunately. But we all went LSU, yeah. so I didn't take a hurt. So we're good. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, the only – and this kind of ties into next week, is there's a lot of LSU fans I heard calling in that are really worried because they go into Mizzou next week and you suddenly have a LSU that might be at three and three. Right. Oof. Oof. Well, I mean, they took the loss early against FSU. And if you're going to take a loss, right, that's when you want to do it. Take it right out of the gate and then you can win every other game and suddenly people forget that you took a loss. But, you know, you start losing games midseason, late on in the season, and then it changes the entire dynamic, especially getting into that playoff conversation towards the end. So, I mean, yes, you're going to have probably an uphill battle taking on Mizzou in their house. But mm -hmm. if, you play, yeah, if you play I, the way you played against Ole Miss in terms of the yardage that you put up and, you know, look, you score 49 points, by and large, you should win that game. You know, the thing I heard also this week is if you put LSU on paper, they've got some tremendous talent that's going to be drafted in this next draft cycle. Their secondary is fucking terrible. And that's and it got exposed big time. And I think F, uh, it was FSU, right, that showed us, yes. showed us the issues in week one. one. And then Ole Miss just popped off because, as we know, they put up 10 points against Alabama. Yeah. I, I, look, and you know, Missouri's going to be doing their homework. They're going to be watching game footage and try to find a way to exploit that secondary, whether or not they're successful. That remains to be seen. So, yeah. So at the end of the day, Ole Miss pulls out the win against LSU and we'll just have to see. I, I'm again, anybody that listens to the show knows I am not a lame Kiffin fan. Uh, if they lose every game, I'm perfectly fine. I really wanted LSU to win and we'll see what happens. But my hope is that Ole Miss will stumble and fall at some point, and we'll just have to see. All right, let's move on to South Carolina going to Tennessee. Neyland Stadium, 100,000-plus uh, under the lights in a night game. South Carolina clearly didn't didn't show up. Um, man, they take another loss. What are they, like one and five? <laughs> a half game and two. four and a half? Well, I mean, two and three, one uh, and two in conference. Unfortunately, we don't have Haas because I, I would love to ask him, and I know it's a process, and I know he would say, and Mac, got to give him time, but what what are we, two, three years into the Shane Beamer cycle? Mm -hmm. Is is he the guy at two and three? And again, we said this in the first few weeks of the season this year, coming off of the way they ended, the win against Clemson and doing really well, did they take a step back? Because they have not – look, they showed up against Georgia, no doubt. But, again, they didn't make the adjustments in the second half that Georgia did, and Georgia walked away from them. And then Tennessee, I mean, 41-20. to 20, I mean, Florida didn't put a hurting on Tennessee. We won the game. It may not have been pretty. But I, I have kind of been gauging South Carolina and Florida almost in the same vein. And so I would have thought South Carolina would have put up a better showing against Tennessee. I know it's at home for Tennessee, but – I'd, I'd be curious to know if Haas thinks Beamer is the is still the guy. I mean, I guess the in the sense of, well, I, I I don't know. I'd just like to hear his thoughts because it's really tough and it's not fair, perhaps, to assess these coaches on the same arc that that you know, like a Urban Meyer, a Saban, now a Steve Sarkeesian, Kirby Smart, have been able to do. Where like in year two, you're competing, right? Like you're a significant competitor, not 
a maybe it could. And you, I mean, it's the recruiting classes year over year for sure. But there's also some culture and other things that have to occur underneath the hood. And and that's the stuff I just don't know enough about South Carolina. Uh, I mean, I you to knew know Tennessee if he's developing them be, in the right way. Right. I mean, you knew Tennessee was going to be revenge minded after the shellacking they got last year. Um, and frankly, they got I mean, they were very balanced, you know, on the air and in the ground, almost identical one yard difference. Yeah. Um, but they, they, you know, they just played all four quarters pretty consistently. And South Carolina had a couple of bursts. They were hanging in the first and then nothing in the second. A little bit of life going into the third and then went quietly into the night on the fourth. And again, they they, they took a page out of Georgia's playbook. 140 yards difference in terms of total yardage. They, they outballed them by 140 yards. But they lost the turnover battle and still won the game. And and so clearly they found a way to pull this one out, not just squeak by. I mean, 41 to 20 is not just squeaking by. But I, I guess my thing is when we say, oh, you have to give a coach enough time. Sure. Three years, four years. When does it yeah. become enough time? And that's the well, question. And, and frankly, I mean, South Carolina played fairly Disciplined football, five penalties, 35 yards. Right. Um, you know, okay, one interception to two. But on paper, I think you already said this, like they, they, there's a lot of similarity there. It's just Tennessee executed consistently all four quarters. And on balance, those the score reflects that. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see as South Carolina moves into the latter half of the season, because they are going to come up against the Floridas, which I, I, like I said, previously, I would said they're very matched. Now we're going to South Carolina in week seven to play them, but then they're going to go away to Mizzou. And I mean, again, if Mizzou does ride high and beats LSU and they're carrying that momentum, right. Then they're going to follow that one up with having to go to Kentucky and then South Carolina. I mean, very quickly, South Carolina could find themselves in a deep, dark fucking hole at the bottom of this conference if they don't find a way to turn it around. Because then they're going to follow that up with Texas A&M before they ever get a bye week. Oh, they don't get a bye week. Okay, Jacksonville State. It's a bye week. <laughs> but I'm just saying, they well, could be sitting at you know two and five before they blink. And it's like, shit. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and that's when you truly see who's built for the long run. Because right. can they survive the gauntlet with injuries, with whatever player unavailable, you know, kind of thing? You just, you know, just got smacked around in a game, like traded blows. You're sore coming into the new week. You know, do you, are you, you know, is your fitness there to where you can get ready and get, and, and, and is the coaching capable of week over week resetting to develop right. a new plan? Right. And I mean, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a testament to the coaches if they are and if they're not. I don't think it takes long for the boosters and the alumni to go, uh, we need to look elsewhere. And that's why, you know, I'm gonna continue to watch an Auburn in a in a South Carolina because they kind of gave it all they had against Jordan. Auburn's at three and two, South Carolina's at two and three. You might find somebody else is able to come in there and just thump them unexpectedly because they just were so focused on that that, you know, quote unquote, signature win. Right. To show that a program's in a place that it probably 
like, let's be honest. Hugh Freeze has been there. This is his first year. Auburn ain't anywhere. Right. So for them, if they had pulled that off, that would have been an ultimate shocker. But you wouldn't have gone, Auburn's clearly in the top five. No. <laughs> you <know>? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, maybe. I, I think Auburn fans would have, 100%. Mm-hmm. They'd have been like, we're legit. UCF like, fans would have. <laughs> the national championship we should be in the conversation slow the fuck down you beat one team easy bro right. um yeah I, i'll be interested but again you talk about one's two and three and one's three and two that win though is a monumental shift being two and three and being three and two and that's only a one win difference that's a one win swing but it changes the landscape massively when you're talking about the you know players looking at do i want to go to south carolina you know, are they a contender year over year? Well, if it's there or Georgia, that's a no-brainer. If it's there, Alabama, that's a no-brainer. Hell, if it's there or Clemson, that may be a no-brainer for people. If if you're consistently sitting in that position where you're always behind the eight ball, you know, you're two and three or you're three and four, or you're five and seven, you're just chasing it all season. So it'll be interesting to see. I just, I don't know. I don't want to call it out and say he's not the guy, but at what point do you go, look, it's been enough years. It's time to make a decision. So we'll have to wait and see. All right, let's go to Texas A&M going into Razorback Stadium. They win 34-22. I actually didn't watch this game. Uh, I mean, honestly, coming off of the way Arkansas played in the previous week against LSU, playing it very close, playing it hard. They did lose by a fucking end-of-the-game field goal. I thought they would have maybe put up a better showing or at least made it – more of a game, but they ended up losing. Look, I, I went Texas A&M because I thought but they were the team. You said in the game field goal, it was 34-22. Oh, no, no, no. LSU. LSU oh, wins sorry. at the end of the, I'm saying Arkansas played LSU oh, yeah, the week before not, not bad, not bad. really yeah, hard. And then they yeah. it's like they just weren't at that same level when they played Texas A&M. And, of course, they're playing at home. And I thought, okay, they've got the crowd behind him. I apologize if I'm for confusing yeah. you, but yeah, I was referring to the previous week they played yeah, really yeah. well. Yeah, no, that makes sense, yeah. So it's just like, yeah, to lose 34-22 at home, and they just didn't look like the same team as the week before, so. You, you, I mean, you know I rolled the dice on this game. I know. Um, I thought with Rocket Sanders coming back, that would give him a spark. I thought at home, and, and I've said it and not heeded my own advice of like, I thought you were the team I've seen before with Sam Pittman getting those big hogs on the line and just asserting your, you know, you know, using that physicality, take over the game. Their offensive line is fucking bad. It is fucking bad. And what I've heard is this week they started shuffling the line, rotating so who's to- in tackle and guard and center. They're like, it's not working. Let's let's rather than just keep hoping that it does, let's see what we can change up. But it 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 damn sure didn't work this weekend. Uh, yeah, AM put it on, put it on pretty good. And again, uh, you know, when you when you look at the stat line, only 42 yards of rushing. And I know, you know, if you go back what a decade and a half back to the Darren McFadden days running for Arkansas, I mean he was unstoppable. And now you're looking at going, mm, what? One, two, three, four, five, six runners. And they only amassed 42 yards. KJ Jefferson was negative for rushing, but he was negative three yards and carried the ball 18 times. Now, I don't know if those were design runs every time or if it was just running for his life because of the offensive line issues. But it's like, 
that's not the that's not the Arkansas you expect to see 40 yards of of rushing on 39 carries. That's 1.1 yards a carry. I don't know that I've ever seen that bad of a negative rushing stat. Yeah. 18 carries for negative Negative three. three. Like statistically, that seems improbable. He had a a QBR of 20. Yeah, because you expect someone like KJ Jefferson, because he is a mobile quarterback, that they would be designed runs. Now, were they? I don't know. Some of those may have just been he was running for his life. It's hard to say. But yeah, this was not the team I expected to see. I did go Texas A&M and we talked about this last week. This was a game you could kind of gamble. It was a 50-50 toss up and you and both Mac went Arkansas and you both missed the boat on that one. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, at this point, I think we know who Arkansas is. Um, I, I want to, like, I like Sam Pitt. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a genuine coach. But, you know, the Arkansas faithful are also in the same boat as kind of like a Shane Beamer right now going, man, you overachieved, years. you overachieved early, and we wanted more of that, and you're not delivering it. Right. The, the last two seasons, last two or three seasons, I mean, they came out of the gate just humming, and then they fell apart by the end of the season. Now well, they're it, finding they're finding a way to do it in the first half of the season now falling apart, and that's not the answer. It, and I take no joy in saying this disparaging comment, but – you know, it wasn't said by me. I'm just Beating citing it. it, which was like, who really wants to coach at Arkansas? Like, it's not a great location. What? It just isn't, you know? And so you're like in the middle of the country, kind of, you know, with you're not even in a big city. And, you know, and I know, I think they have a new offensive coordinator this season. And the, the guy who talked about that was actually one of the voices of Arkansas, you know, in local radio or whatever. And, and, and he, he said, he's like, as I watched KJ, I don't think he's truly comfortable in the offensive system. They're running. At times you can see it. And at times you can tell, like, he's not sure what he's supposed to be doing. And as a consequence, he's such a big guy. He just takes off, but there's no line help. And the running game is obviously non-existent when you have 42 yards. 100%. And now the question is, you know, do you go back to the days of like the Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow? Do you build a scheme around KJ Jefferson or do you just find a quarterback that fits your scheme? Maybe Sam Pittman isn't built to to design a scheme around his quarterback. He just has a scheme in place and goes, we need to make this work. If Jefferson's not the guy, let's find a guy that can make it work. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I don't know who they have in queue for recruiting. I don't know Arkansas's recruiting right. that well. But, I mean, it, I mean, it, he's done this year. So, the ship has sailed. Like, if you were going to base the whole thing around his talent, basically like Alabama's having to do wild planes in flight for Jalen They're Elroy. building that shit as they're flying. I mean, you had this guy for a while. Like, why would you have to keep rethinking how best right. to just – use him but but i think i think it all goes back to the o-line if the o-line can't assert itself nothing nothing runs after that well i mean kj jefferson is is unfortunately and i it is what it is he's the bo nicks of arkansas he has times when he plays great and then he just has times when he is wildly inconsistent bo couldn't get it at auburn and then he went out to oregon and maybe dan lanning was just that guy to make it work 
but KJ Jefferson is clearly not flourishing consistently under Sam Pittman. And again, I don't know if that's Jefferson or if that's Pittman's scheme and they just don't jive. But like you said, it's the end of the line. He's got another, what, seven games? And that's it. And so they're going to have to figure something else out. And maybe yeah. it's just like, let's keep the Band-Aid on the wound until we get to the end of the season. And then we know what's coming. We've got a guy. I mean, I don't know. But I'm not in those conversations. Sam, he doesn't call me anymore. So fuck if I know. Yeah. And I mean, and on that note, it, it's it's a bit of like your recruiting pitch of like, who are you going after? What are you getting them to believe? Um, You know, because with Kentucky – you know, they got they got NC State's quarterback. And, you know, all the talking heads said that was part of Mark Stoops' messaging to convince him to come to Kentucky was he was a key piece to get them to, to take that next step. Now we're going to find out, right? Obviously, we're going to find out real quick next week. Right. But with, with Arkansas, I'm just not sure where they are where you convince them of what they can be. And then you don't necessarily have a place that players just just want to flock to by nature of the fact that it's a, it's like a USC or a Miami. You got some really cool things, you know. Maybe NIL is just just rocking and rolling. So I wish, like I said, I wish Sam Pittman well. I think he's a great human being. Uh, it's it's a difficult situation there, and a difficult place to coach. Like you said, it's not a draw. Fayetteville, Arkansas, is just not somewhere you're gonna you're gonna find that big name to go. Oh yeah, I'll go to Middle America where there's mm-hmm. nothing, and and I'm going to compete against other schools like Georgia's and Alabama's, and you know that are going to be able to pull in the top recruits for my conference, and I'm going to hope I can land somebody to come to favor. I mean, that's got to be a tough sell, but you know maybe he'll get it turned around. Maybe this season will be different. He'll flounder at the beginning and he'll turn it on in the second half. Who knows? All right, let's go ahead and jump into um you know my favorite game of the week, Florida Kentucky. I don't I don't even know what to say about this fucking game. Going into the week, I was reading all kinds of articles. Georgia or uh, Florida has the number four defense in the SEC. Now, Georgia has the first expected, and yet you still had 200 yards of rushing put up on you. Florida has the fourth, and Kentucky managed to put 330 yards of rushing. Now, they only put 70 yards of in the air, so Devin Leary didn't do fuck all, nine for 19 for 69 yards. He didn't do anything in the air. So our secondary was able to stop that, but they didn't have to. This fucking Ray Davis, 280 yards by himself on 26 carries. Yeah. Dude, tackle somebody, trip somebody, bite an ankle. I don't know what you got to do, but fucking get the guy down. And it's just like they were not doing it. it, Yeah, it was it. It was kind of painful to watch. I I I just don't know uh, other than. It's the classic like, is Kentucky that good or is Florida that bad, you know? It, was this an anomaly? Um, I'm not sure I think it was an anomaly in the sense that Kentucky is built in, in a way to be a competitive team. They are. They're very stout on both sides of the line. Uh, Ray Davis had the game of his life. Um, and by the way, I think he's a fantastic human being. Listening to his interviews, he is humble. He is gracious. He he said it was all about the line that opened everything. I, I think the world of him and I wish that young man, nothing but success in his life. Just not it's next week. Not next week. I knew that was coming as long as he doesn't do it to me. <laughs> yeah. Look, and that was the thing is I, I watched the game and I'm just like, you watch one run and you can say, Oh, any one play. That was one play. Fine. He got lucky. 
You know, he hit the hole at the right time. Your guys were out of position, but then it was play after play. And it's just like, and it, and it was no shock, right? It's like, you know who the ball's going to. He carried the ball 26 times. You knew who the ball was going to, and yet you couldn't stop him. Oh, I mean, only 10 other handoffs went to other people. Dude, all you got to do, like everybody, that guy, that's who you go after. And yet they just couldn't stop the kid. I mean, kudos to him. Unfortunately, Kentucky puts it on us 33-14. It was not the way I wanted that game to go. Obviously, I picked Florida. Mac picked Florida, so we both dropped that game. You were able to pick it up. Haas was able to pick up a game. You both went Kentucky, which was clearly the safe – I won't say the safe play, but it was probably the smart play. As you said, they're built to just be good. Mark Stoops is no slouch um, as a coach, and they were playing at home. I guess I'm, I'm just – it's the Beamer question with Napier. Now, I will say this. Here's my chief concern. Napier, they signed Napier <laughs> to a seven-year, $50 million contract in 2021. What the fuck were you thinking? Why would you sign a guy that's completely unproven at this level? And they'll go, oh, he he coached at Louisiana. He turned around a failing fucking floundering program. Yeah, but that's Louisiana. That is not a Florida. That's not a Georgia. That's not a, you know, I'm sorry. And it's nothing against Louisiana, but you are not a top tier program. And you signed a guy to $50 million for seven years. And I get you want to lock him down, but he's unproven. Why would you do that? Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, I think who, who the AD down at Florida Strickland, I believe. Um, he, he called in last, last week or the week before. And I heard, about 20 minutes of an interview with him, it seemed like, but uh, I was in the car and commercial, so maybe it was less than that total time. And he was talking about being on the plane, flying back with Coach Napier, and they sat across each from each other on the plane and talked. And if if I remember right, this was if I this conversation occurred the week after the Florida Tennessee. So of course Strickland was all all in on the, you know, we've been saying you got to believe in him. You know, he's under, he's very understated in what he says, but he, everything has a plan and a purpose. And then you go, okay, if that's the case, then explain this shit to me. Right. Explain to me the continued dysfunction on special teams, which I've heard. If you look at Florida's coaching roster, the special teams coordinator is an analyst listed as the game changer coordinator. That's a problem. <laughs> Combined with the fact that, let's just be honest, most head coaches should not be their own offensive coordinator these days. There's too no. much shit to do. Right. You need your offensive mind solely focused on that. And the head coach's job is to make the whole engine work. If you're not in there, because, I mean, how are you supposed to be in studying tape? When you're trying to develop a culture and you're trying to hope like oversee things, you know, I mean, Kirby's famous for being up in the, you know, the observation deck with his megaphone, just like screaming like a bloody sailor. You know, I just, man, I, I, I here, here's the thing too, I'd say with white, you know, I get somebody should be held accountable for decisions like this, but you, you sign a contract to, to signal faith and commitment. Well, if you were paying that money, I guarantee you wouldn't make the same damn decision. But when you think you've just got money to burn and the worst that happens is you get fired, you're still not accountable for that money. 
you don't you care. tend to be yeah you tend to be a, a little less you tend to critical that a little yes and yes. and to me if i'm if i'm out if i'm florida i'm like who's trying to take napier from me? in terms of no one the payout. Now, I could see a very incentive-laden approach to a contract. Right. But, of course, as we all know, most of these coaches are all represented by the same fucking agent. You know, Sexton or whatever his name is. And he's and out to get them the maximum amount of money. purpose in life is to get them the most money. And, and I, I'm okay with if a school goes, look, we're going to sign you to a three-year deal. And we'll – and look and say, I'll pay you X amount of dollars, a, a, a good wage – Two, three million dollars. I don't give a shit a year, but to sign him to 50 million, because that means if you have to fire his ass, you're on the hook for a shit ton of dead money, which is what they have done mm. ever since, you know, with Muschamp, with McElwain, with Mullen, the three fucking M's of inconsistency. They they paid out nearly 30 million to those three coaches to walk the fuck away. What are you doing? Now, maybe hey, they do yeah. have money to burn. I don't know. I, I, I used to up until just like a week ago, I think have that same mentality of like, it's dead money. There's no way they can afford it. The coffers aren't big enough. And I think there are schools that's true. But then I hear an SMU in their base raised 100 or $200 million for the school to account for the fact they make no money when they make the move to the ACC. And then all of a sudden I'm like, nah. They've got nah. it. You're not getting <laughs> me concerned about this. These, these <laughs> fucking people have more money than sense. Right. And if they want him gone, now, here's a crazy thought. What if Florida strikes strikes first and gets like a, a coach prop? I don't Do know you. who else you go for, honestly. I mean, everybody loves Prime's story in terms of his approach and what he's doing. I, I think maybe obviously dealing with Colorado and, and what he's coming up against in terms of the teams he's playing. And he's going to take some losses now, you know, mm -hmm. it will not be the Cinderella story everybody had hoped for because that would have been great. But, you know, if, if you were going to land, do, do they move on him? I don't know. And, and that's always been the question it's, you've asked. It, Fine, fire him. But who are you going after? Yeah. Who's out there? Yeah. And, and that's it, the part. And I do, that I don't know, but it's to throw that kind of money at it. Just for me, a humble nobody, that makes no fucking sense. I feel like that money can be spent better elsewhere. But clearly, what do I know? It is what it is. I just, I just when I read that article, I'm like, 50 million, I think it was $50.9 million for seven years. And you mm. signed that deal before he ever stepped on the field. And it's like, so you don't know what he's capable of. Hmm. Yeah. And again, he I mean, is being... He's he's just been inconsistent. I'm not saying he's been bad. He may be developing a great culture, but on the field, it has just been wildly inconsistent, and that's well, and, a problem. And think about the narrative of an LSU going after Brian Kelly, and they end up three and three. I mean, that's the other thing is you can think. I mean, look at you know Scott Frost in Nebraska. That was supposed to be the prodigal son returns, right? Disaster, right. So I just, man, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't envy trying to find the right fit. I think when you know it, you know it. Like Alabama was like, no, it's going to be Nick Saban. I will not coach it. It's going to be Nick Saban. They were like, just say your number. Just say your number, bro. Right. <laughs> you know? Tell us and, what it is. <laughs> right. And then, of course, season one, they're like, oh, my God, what have we done? You know? 
and then the next decade they're like puff out we got the greatest coach we need need an angry nick we need that's right exactly well i mean it was a disappointing loss we'll see what happens obviously you know florida's gonna follow this up with vanderbilt coming in who they have taken a loss to before that was a painful game to watch but you know then they're going to go to south carolina and it, and it won't be long before they're facing you know obviously our nemesis in georgia and if we keep playing the way we're playing that's going to be 49 to 7 unsurprisingly that will not surprise me if that's the scoreline i will be faithful i will be positive but unfortunately they're just not showing me anything that says yep they're turning it around season 1 was okay what you expect but season two, are they going to be competitive? Is Napier the guy to be competitive? I don't know. So we'll have to wait and see. All right, let's finish up. Missouri going into Vanderbilt. Missouri, the dark horse, 38-21. Come on, man, it's Vanderbilt. Did you really do anything? Really? I like Lee Clark. I just sure do feel bad for Vanderbilt. Because it ain't getting any better next year. Look, no, and and you're smart people. Keep being smart. You're you're the Princeton Yale of the SEC. Keep being those guys and doing what you're doing. You know, football's not paying the bills at Vanderbilt. Just go and cure cancer and you're fine. Unfortunately, they play, they play baseball about as good as anybody out there. There you go. Pick another sport. You know, you'll keep fielding the football team because it's what you do. But unfortunately, you're going to be bottom, middle, bottom, somewhere in there. Uh, we'd all shit ourselves if they ever ended up in the SEC game, but SEC championship. But I don't see that happening. All right. So there we go. That is the week that was all seven games. I know we were long-winded with that, but a quick breakdown. Uh, I took five games. Grinch took five games. Haas took six. Good on you, Haas. I only missed one. The LSU uh, Ole Miss game, only missed one. Would have had a clean sweep of the week if that hadn't happened. And then Mac, of course, losing three allows everybody to gain a little ground. So I think – if we look at the total stat line, Mac is sitting at uh, 47 wins. I'm tied with him at 47 wins. And then Grinch, you made up some ground, 45. And Haas made up considerable. He made up two games at 44. So I am now tied that even with Mac. So we're going to move into the week that will be. And Mac is not here, so he's already made his picks because, you know, he was the winner. We were tied. He went ahead and made his picks. Now, here's the only issue. And I'll, I'll go ahead and ask your opinion. This is off the record. Haas did not send me his picks, and I did text him. Yeah, I, I I started to say that as part of it. I mean, he picks last anyway. He does. So I, I wouldn't imagine he hears that before you cut this. Is that a fair statement? Well, no. Well, I'm. I mean, I'll put this out tomorrow. I already yeah, I sent just, him. I sent him I just, Max picks because I said, "Here's the games. Here's Max picks." Because obviously, you would have gotten those, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what you and I were picking. So I said, "I'll need your picks before we record." Oh, and I didn't gosh. get him. So, I mean, I'm okay. not, do I punish him? No. I mean, I know he's sick and it's no, not that. No. He's, but... he's in the last position. I think if he weren't, I might be a little more like, oh God, I got to know his strategy, but it, it's all good. But um, if he doesn't he just... get me them before Saturday, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Don't it'll be, a, it'll it'll be a problematic. So he, just so yeah, we know. Better, I don't care if he's on his deathbed. He better send that shit in. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if Saturday noon kicks off, then it's a problem. Yeah, give me one second. I'll stop yeah, right here. Go. So obviously, we're going to go ahead and move into the week that will be. We've got a slate of six games, and by and large, these are all SEC versus SEC matchups, save one. So obviously, Mac is not here. We have his picks. His picks are Georgia over Kentucky, Alabama over Texas A&M, LSU over Missouri, Ole Miss over Arkansas, 
Florida beating Vanderbilt. And then the one non-SEC matchup is Mississippi State taking on Western Michigan. He has Mississippi State. So there he goes. Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida, Miss State. Unfortunately, uh, Haas is not here. I don't have his picks, but he picks last. So Grinch and I are going to go ahead and make our picks. I will go next since I am in the second slot or technically tied for first. I will go ahead and make my picks. So yeah, Hell yeah, I moved into second. <laughs> technically yes uh so uh kentucky going into georgia between the hedges will ray davis have another lights out game i mean that's that's gonna be hard you you, you did 329 yards of total rushing 280 by himself does he have another game like that i don't i don't think so do you know the line on this game 14 and a half in favor of georgia georgia okay yeah i, I think georgia's defense is not florida's defense even though they did give up quite a few yards this last time. But again, Kirby has proven he's the guy that makes adjustments. So I don't think they get 220 plus yards of rushing put on them against Kentucky. Plus Kentucky's got to go into uh Sanford stadium there in Athens. I, I'm giving it to Georgia. I, I don't, I honestly don't know that this is a close game, but we'll see. I know you said Kentucky's built to be great on both sides of the ball, but Georgia is just a different team and Kirby's a different type of coach. So I'm going Georgia. Uh, Alabama going to Texas A&M. Mm, what's the line on this one? One. Fuck. Alabama? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. This is that. <laughs> this is the one that you either I, you gain I, I a know. game or you lose a game. I know. I fucking hate games like this. I'm going to come I, I have no one. advice. I mean, it, I, even <laughs> when I finally, it comes out of my mouth, it's going to be not that gonna type know. of decision. I may say both in the same statement and let you decide who I'm picking. That's what you do. Uh, LSU, Missouri, what's the line on that? Uh, LSU by four. I Tigers actually want versus Missouri. the Tigers. I want Missouri to win this. I think that would be great for the program. I just don't think it happens. I'm going LSU. I think they're coming off that beating. And again, they put up 49 points. That wins 99.9% .9 of the games in, in this league. If you can put up 49 points, you're generally winning. Like the fact that Ole Miss put up 55, that, I mean. It, I, it's I, just, I don't even know how to explain that. Honestly. Yeah. And I guess, and you would probably say on paper, LSU should win this game in terms of the weapons that well, they have. I, I mean, as I'm airing out my own mental dilemma about this game, is you go, it wasn't a schematic issue in the sense that LSU didn't fix fucking anything at the halftime. And you could argue the same would be said for Ole Miss in the sense of they're like, it's still working. Keep, Keep doing, doing it. it. Right. If the defense and, and isn't probably, showing up. You know, fatigue and some other things kicked in, which is how they were able to open up. And I said this in the previous game, like I thought, the Ole Miss-Alabama game was one of the worst coaching jobs by Lane Kiffin I've ever witnessed because his team was exhausted. They didn't look like they had any any solutions to what was being offered. Right, and he did nothing to adjust so anything. So it, it suggests that, honestly, it's it's an LSU thing. LSU just didn't have the sophistication and the physicality or some combination thereof coaching to see, you know, what an Alabama saw. Right. The problem with this week is I, Georgia over Kentucky for me, that's probably a no brainer. Like Kentucky will just have to play on a whole nother level to beat Georgia, which is possible any given Saturday. Vanderbilt, Florida, Florida should win that game, even with their inconsistent play. Mississippi State. Point 
Mississippi State should beat Western Michigan. So I'm going Georgia, Florida, Miss State for those three games. The problem is the other three games, when you I just look at the names and you look back at how they've played, it could go either way for any of those teams. So, oh, fuck. Then you look at Mac and I go, well, I'm tied with Mac. So can I steal a game or is it the safe play right now with these games that can be very close and it's a one point maybe? Uh, I, I hear everything you're saying. That same dilemma is is rocking around in my head. I'm going to go LSU over Missouri. I'm going Ole Miss over Arkansas. Uh, unfortunately, I think Sam Pittman right now that I don't know what their identity is. And I'm not sure with KJ Jefferson and the offensive line. I know you said they're tinkering, but that doesn't necessarily mean they got a week. Did, did they get it worked out? I don't know. And is KJ going to spend that game running for his life again? I mean, I'm going Ole Miss. I'm going to play the safe bet here. Alabama, Texas A&M. I'm, I may go a, A&M here. I mean, you're playing at Kyle Field. You're at home. You said it's a one-point Alabama. I mean – yeah, which is I mean, at that point it's nothing, right? That's may as well be 50-50. I mean, who Okay, and yeah, I sure I realize somebody can make money off that line, but that's ridiculous. And Milrow is just uh, like you said, they don't trust him to throw the ball right now. Can you win every game not throwing? I don't think so. No, I don't think they're built that way. I mean, they don't have the same running back stable they had years prior. I mean, you could rely on every Mark Ingram. I mean, like everybody that came out of, yeah. of fucking Alabama, they just ran over everybody. It's what Georgia has been doing. Like every fucking running back you guys put out just plays lights out. I just don't think this Alabama has that stable of running backs. So I'm going Texas A&M. Fuck it. I'll roll the dice. Mac either goes up a game or I go up a game. What the hell? I mean, that's that's what I, it's going to take. For sake of brevity, I'm, I'm doing the same lineup as you. Same lineup as me. So you heard it right yeah. there. Grinch and I both rolling the dice on Texas A&M I, playing at home. I think the 12th man is going to show out for sure. Um, I think Texas A&M is going to go all in on stopping the Because kind of like Georgia with Auburn, we, we had not seen Auburn like scheme to be that way. It just devolved to that. Right. And so Hugh Freeze was like, well, let's just lean into it and do it. Right. When Jalen Melrose has had to throw, he has not been fucking good. He stares so, down receivers. He He's probably an athlete unlike we've seen, you know, I mean, or an athlete that's in that upper tier for sure. I just don't know that they've got the offense to do what, needs what to get done. A&M can do. So you think if A&M schemes to stop the run, it will force Milrow to throw, which he is just not strong at. I mean, you and I That's what know you shit do of, as a coach. You and I, you're right, exactly. You and I know fuck about shit. But if you said uh, you're the D, the DC for AM tomorrow, I'd be like, I am all fucking in on stopping this run. And you force that guy to make a decision with his hand. And, I, and if I'm a little clever, I'll, I'll disguise it here and there, blitz here and there. But I'm coming after you, bro. So <laughs> you know? explain to me again why a school's not paying you $50 million for seven years to coach. Damn right. You did. You're just as unproven as Napier was <laughs> at that level. <laughs> well, that's uh, probably because, uh, as you saw in SEC shorts, it's like name a defense. Yeah. Cover linebacker two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, I didn't make the comment 
So let me go back and do it now. In case you missed the game, Florida, Kentucky, there's a play. 13 fucking men line up on the defense for Florida. So somebody's clearly not counting. Coaches, players, nobody's counting. And Ray Davis still managed to fucking run and not get tackled. 13 guys. And that was the thing in the thing you sent out. 13 guys that don't know how to tackle. No shit. Dude, that's not something you should let happen. I mean, that is a mistake to have 13 guys on the field. But you better stuff that fucker in the backfield. Earn that fucking penalty. Yeah. And they didn't and, to, and to me, I mean, that's what that's what suggests to me that the bodies were there, but the bodies didn't know what they were trying to do. Right. And I don't care that they're freshmen. I mean, again, even if they are, I mean, it's the coach should be going, well, they're freshmen, they're young. No, motherfucker, that's your job to make sure they're they at least yeah. understand what they're doing. Well, not to drag this out, but I, yeah. I will say I actually thought I almost saw a glimmer of hope in that game until you mentioned the freshman special team or you didn't say special team, but no. the freshman that was in on the special teams who tried to jump over whatever the two blockers are called in front of the punter. It, it, it should just be known you can't do that. I would still say, though, had Florida stopped them there like they they did. Right. I do think that game, what you would have walked away from that game with a different feel. Instead, True. it just compounded the things that you're already scrutinizing. And and you is a figurative, not literally you, because I did the same thing. Because um, as I was watching the game, I was like, oh, shit, you know, Florida might actually start getting into this. And then I saw the flag and I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's that. <laughs> oh. And the dejected look on that young man's face. I mean, I, I don't. Look, nobody wants to be that gonna, guy. Nobody wants to nobody, be the kicker that misses nobody. the game-winning field goal. Nobody wants to be the defender that gets yeah. pass interference at the wrong time of the game and you know it converts to yeah. a touchdown. Or that, I get that, but it's like that guy can can go hang out with the kicker from Clemson who missed the game-winning field goal to beat FSU. Yeah, it's and just not a good field. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you're good. Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida, Mississippi State. Yes. Okay, so you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Those are his team. So if anything changes, you know it's bullshit because he has said it, and I called them out. Um, you sure you don't want to use a, a wild card? You can do it right now. Well, I thought about it with the <laughs> with the game last week. He's, he's like, wrong. he's like, as soon as well. Again, you have tomorrow, so you've got time. Yeah, think about it. I mean, uh, I didn't again, even use it last season. That's why I'm like, oh. I think I did, but it was near the end of the season. Because I'm well, like, if I can take and, it with you. And part of me, like, honestly, like, I wasn't paying that close of attention to the game starting. Right. And so once it started, I was like, well, it's a moot point now. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Didn't do it. Uh, so there we go. Uh, we, we have our picks locked in. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have Haas. I will get his picks. So we will have those on the sheet before the weekend starts, before kickoff on Saturday. So we'll see how this goes. Again, maybe we we step up one game on Mac. Oh, wait. We, no, we got to pick. Uh... We don't. I'm sorry. We don't. They have a bye week. They, okay. My apologies. Okay. Yes. No, they no. have a bye yeah. week, so they don't get picked. They don't play again until the 14th of October. So Charlotte, uh, UNC Charlotte is not playing this weekend, our, our out-of-conference tiebreak league. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen. What was uh, the result of last week, though, old uh, Poji? I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I oh boy, drop the ball on that one. Yo, do you know it? Uh, it is AAC right. Conference, AAC American. I always do that. It's yeah, I, I do too. Uh, I gotta go back. 
this would be it is 34 16 smu does pull out the win 34 16 we all went smu it was a safe play so there we go smu takes the win so unc charlotte is now one in four i'm not sure pogey is (laughs) and i know max sent out a thing about dude put on a fucking shirt put on a polo that's right he's like he's like the pat mcafee you got to tape some sleeves onto that guy. <laughs> I just don't like how far Pat wear like these fucking V-necks down to his belly. I know, I'm like, dude, what I are know. you doing? I, I I do like how he's shaking things up, but yeah. All right, so there we go. SMU takes the win. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Charlotte, one and four, not having a stellar season, but, you know, they'll come back on the 14th against Navy, who my alma mater just stomped the shit out of. Thank you very much. Well, I wouldn't say stall, but 44-30. I'm just happy for a win. Uh, you know, South Florida was able to beat Navy. But go Navy. Um, so there we go. This week is done. We've got uh, week six in the book. It is all wrapped up. We have our picks made. Um, I appreciate you being here. I know it was light in terms of, you know, only 50% of us being here, but I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and talk SEC football. You know, we love football here in the South. Uh you know, we do this week in and week out for all of our listeners. Please stay tuned. Obviously, the, the rest of the boys will be back next week, and we will uh, get into week six and seven, and we'll see how the latter half, because we're coming up on the latter half of this season very quickly. We can't be halfway through the college football season, and yet we are. It's kind of sad. Yep. But check out all of our episodes. Obviously, the, the first five episodes of Liquor and Leagues are there. Check all of our Spirited Debate episodes. Feel free to go out anywhere you get your podcast. They are available. Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, there we go. Uh, this one's done. I appreciate it, Grinch, as always. I love you. I love doing this with you. Likewise. And we'll do this again next week.